Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Grind version 2019. Uh, I am glad to be back with you. I'm Dave McClung, and with me, as always, is my lovely uh, partner in crime. Um, I, don't, I, I was going to go with a bunch of, uh, you know, dynamic duos over the years, but I couldn't think of anything real quick. So, Chad Grigsby, chime in with a dumb one. Uh, Rocky and Booinkle. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was the only one that popped into my head, because yeah. that was the dumbest thing you said last year. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. That's up for discussion, but it's one of the dumbest things I said. One, yeah. Yeah. Uh, after a long layoff, it's good to be back uh, better than ever, hopefully. So. Yeah. So we took a little break over the holidays and in through January. We wanted to kind of do some reformatting and updating of the podcast. Uh, the only thing we couldn't update was mine and Chad's personalities and knowledge. So you're still stuck with the same old, same old as far as that's concerned. But uh, yeah, but we're going to do a couple of new things this year. Uh, every time we drop a podcast, we will also drop a newsletter with it, which will have um, kind of some some big ideas, takeaways from each podcast, as well as uh, a book recommendation from Chad yeah, or I. Return of the Bookshelf. That's right, Return of the Bookshelf, and and then we'll also have an accompanying article. Uh, Chad's been doing pretty regularly uh, along the way, but uh, we'll attach that link in with the newsletter and you'll be able to share that stuff via the social medias social and, what, and whatnots. And so, um, so anyway, we're excited about that and hopefully have a, we're going to try and keep every podcast to under an hour. So if we happen to have an interview that goes long, with somebody that rambles incessantly, then, <laughs> then we will beat them profusely and then cut that into two parts. So uh, that's, that's how we roll. We're serious here at the old grind podcast. And, uh, yeah. So new year, new us. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So we are very excited to have with us today, the one and only Jordan Bowen from Oasis church in the Heights neighborhood of little rock. Awesome. Excited to be here with you guys. Super pumped. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're going to we're actually going to get all the Oasis guys on uh, over the next few weeks, uh, because what they're doing is absolutely insane. And the world needs to hear about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, insane is definitely the key word. There. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so Jordan is our first uh, first one out of the shoot from the, the Oasis camp. And we'll also hear later from Billy Sheets, who is doing a replant down in Camden, Arkansas, and then Todd West and PJ Nolan, who are planting in Benton and Conway as well. Um, and so we'll kind of get the whole Oasis story, what all they're doing over the next few weeks. But we've got Jordan kicking off today. And Jordan is, is doing some really incredible stuff in Little Rock. And one of his really the unique focus for Jordan. And one of the reasons we want you guys to, to hear from him and know him is Jordan is kind of actually planting really an international church 
in in kind of the Heights area of Little Rock, uh, yeah. with already six countries represented and yeah. doing an incredible job. He and Sarah just had a new baby and yeah. are just an incredible couple. And so we're excited to have Jordan on with us. So Jordan, we want to kind of kick off and, and talk about, because your, your church plant really has a unique um, footprint and a unique identity, kind of unpack, you know, you're, you're developing passion for internationals and really um, the, the desire to, to do that here in Little Rock as opposed to, to elsewhere. Um, so kind of unpack that, tell us your story and kind of unpack that passion for different people groups across country. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, so it really kind of, a lot of it starts, um, man, even just as growing up following Jesus, just having a heart uh, to see people come to follow him um, around the world. And so um, after college and my wife and I got married, we were serving in student ministry at that time. And it was just kind of like two missionary hearts just kind of collided and just had this big explosion. And we just started um, just seeking out next steps of how we could uh, serve the Lord thinking um, internationally uh, was most likely what we thought God had for us. And, um, and as we kind of started that journey, um, it was really amazing to see how God opened our eyes to international people groups that were next door to us. Mm. So at that time we were living in Greenbrier and um, we got connected in Conway with uh, international friends there and we were going to this club and next thing you know we had friends from Nepal and we were teaching them how to drive and we almost <laughs> wrecked Sarah's car and, <laughs> and we were man we were taking them to a train station at midnight thought we were going to get them killed like I mean just all these <laughs> crazy experiences oh. and as we just started doing that I mean both of us just were like this is what we need to do like mm. we we love this so much and there was a unique um, openness with them um, because they were from another country and they were here in America. They wanted to be with us. They wanted to learn from us and we wanted to learn from them. And so it just opened these opportunities. So after that experience there in Greenbrier and in Conway, um, and we started pursue the opportunity to plant with an international focus, God directed us to Oasis and then eventually to be one of their planters to Little Rock. Um, focused on international people group that are within Little Rock. But it really all began, man, from the get-go, both of Sarah and I just wanting to see unreached people come to follow him. And then by God's grace, seeing, wow, uh, they're probably next door to us. Mm. We just need to step into their world. Yeah. Well, we've, I think, uh, I'm, I mean, I should have gotten the actual numbers <laughs> before we started this podcast, but that would be me being prepared, which everybody knows that that rarely happens. And so <laughs> I think last time I checked, and Jordan, you may know these numbers because I know you and Jamie Naramore talk quite a bit. Um, yeah. I think we've identified 130, 537 different people yeah. groups yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in right. Arkansas and quite a few here in Little Rock. And, and you yeah. guys have really connected with several of the unreached and even a couple unreached unengaged uh, people groups yeah. here in Little Rock. And so kind of kind of unpack, you know, who, who all you guys have connected with and kind of that international flavor of, of your church. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, we have connected with probably close to six to seven different people groups. Um, the ones where we have seen the most fruit have been uh, Chinese, 
um, Africa, so many different people groups from Africa too in particular, and then uh, Hindi. Uh, so that's where we have seen the most fruit in a lot of our ground so far is with them. So just to kind of give some depth to that, so we've located that there is approximately about 1,500 South Asian Indians in Little Rock, um, primarily from India. Uh, the unique thing about India is, of course, I mean, unbelievable how many people groups they make up. Yeah. So within that 1,500, man, there's at least probably 17 people groups yeah. um, that I would say represent at least. Um, and then uh, within that, it, the unique thing is finding out how many different languages are representative. So within our, our church right now, <laughs> we have, I think four different Indian languages represented from four wow. different people. Groups. So wow. uh, one of those being Gujarati uh, and the other ones you'd have to ask uh, my co-planter Pranay. He, he knows the details on that. I forget the names so quick. So, <laughs> but it, I mean, I was just with them a second ago and we were talking about how amazing it is, how God has done that. I yeah. mean, you could not purposely plan that. Yeah. God has just brought some people into our group that, are preparing to reach another level, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so, you know, within the, the Chinese culture, uh, the unique thing with that is um, a lot of that comes with um, atheist belief or non-religious, um, maybe even hardened to any form of religion period. And so there's a lot of unique barriers to overcome with them through that. But again, I think the, the, the lifeblood of it being in the United States is they're open. They, they're open. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and I, don't, I don't mean just um, by location or even governmentally uh, by like what government allows or not. They just are here no, coming usually to learn or to better their life or to provide for their family back home. So they're coming in a state of humility. Um, if I could say that, put it that way. And so friendship, is a amazing bridge into their life because yeah. they're looking for it and yeah. they want it and they desire it. And when friendship is strategically brought about for the sake of gospel conversations, then it's, it's only profitable for God's kingdom in a better way. And so we have found that to be true for our church plant so far in the early stages is, um, man, we're excited for the nations that are represented and uh, getting into their world and into their culture, into their routine is the key and building friendships, man, just being a friendly person that wants to learn from them and provide for them has been our greatest avenues. Um, and then, you know, I think I just get pumped about it. Uh, I just love thinking about the second and third level of, of it, how, you know, how we're able to not only plant a Hindi church here soon, but then maybe eventually a Gujarati Hindi church, you know, another people group beyond that, yeah. reaching another, uh, you know, we, I was talking to Pranay a second ago, there are, we, we believe close to a hundred Gujarati families in Little Rock. So that's a hundred families that are doing life in their realm and their world here in the city that most likely don't even have very many American friends. Yeah. Um, and definitely definitely don't know hardly any Christians, at least in a way that is a friendship. And, and I think the Gujarati people group is an unreached, unengaged people group, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I believe yeah. so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
So unreached is less than 2% uh, Christians in that people group. And then unreached unengaged is less than 2% with no gospel presence among their people group in India. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're here uh, in Little Rock, you know, God has sent people from all these unreached people groups to Arkansas, you know, and and other places around the country. And so uh, I love what you said a while ago about the friendships being the bridge Mm-hmm. you know, and so important that they're open to those friendships. And then you can, you know, in the, the midst of those friendships, then introduce them to Jesus, which is, man, yeah, it's incredible. Incredible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how much I think we overthink. Yeah. Uh, mission in general. Yeah. But especially we've got a friend uh, who's a master's student, actually maybe even a PhD student now at the university of Arkansas in Fayetteville. Yeah. And we've connected to their iFriend program. He's from Rwanda. Yeah. And it's just crazy how like he really likes soccer. I like soccer. Yeah. And so we're texting on Saturday mornings about the English Premier League. And yeah. uh so, you know, it it I feel like it's we just I don't know, we just make it complicated where you're like, look, be a friend. Take him to the train station, text him about soccer, yeah. Yeah. him to drive. You may want to get an umbrella policy that kind of yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. like I'm taking notes and I'm like, do stuff. Like that's yeah. what I put. Like Yeah, yeah. Like just do stuff with them. Yeah. Like quit yes. quit acting like they're, you know. And and there's I'm sure you've experienced there's those awkward moments. There's oh, those yeah you know, times for maybe you use an idiom and it's, it doesn't like you joke and you're laughing and they're looking yes, at you yes. like, no idea what this <laughs> yes. is. Yeah. But those are also kind of fun moments too. So they are. Yeah. I appreciate you, Jordan, just saying that, like, Hey, yeah. just do, do stuff. Be a, be a real friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's, that's the key I would say is being a real friend. Cool. Yeah. How do you, how did you, so you said Greenbrier, yeah, and you guys kind of were awoken to internationals, but how did you how did you actually start to build those friendships? Because a lot of people might be like, "Hey, I want to be a friend." Yeah, but where do I start? Yeah. What would you tell them? Yeah, so I would say I, I think that's a great question because the opportunity to start that friendship is there. You just need to find the avenue. So it's not okay. so much um, creating the opportunity. Like, okay, I need to go find this guy that looks different than me and be like, hey, let's go do something. Like, that happens. <laughs> uh, it does. But it's going to be better and a lot less awkward if you find where they're already gathering and then just partner with it. So, for us, one of the greatest opportunities uh, being in a college town at that point was, like you said, their International Friends Outreach. Um, so, that happens most likely at the nearest university to any of the listeners here today. Um, And it's just, you can contact the BCM director. They're usually the ones that are networked with it and they'll tell you when it is. And literally all you do is you come and you eat food, usually from other countries and you just talk and it's in English because they want to learn English and they want to practice and you just get to learn about them. They get to learn about you. And then from that, this is what I always tell people is always plan the next time you're with them. So Mm. anytime we send our people to IFO, like um, we have IFO tonight here in Little Rock, uh, it's, hey, when you're there and you make a friend or what we would call a person of peace, 
plan your number two time you're going to be with them. So it may be you find an interest in soccer or you find an interest in coffee or tea and you say, hey, what's your phone number or your Instagram account or your Facebook account? Let's, let's go get the tea or hey, let's go play soccer together. I, I'm really bad and I need to practice my skills. Like, you know, <laughs> and elevate them to a point of you want to be a learner, you know, like be like, wow, um, it's really interesting. The coffee culture of your African home. Can, can we go get coffee and you tell me the difference here? Or man, chai tea, what an amazing thing. Can you help me find the best chai tea in Little Rock? Let's, let's just go do a tour of chai tea in Little Rock and create something that's in their interest, in their world and plan it. So find something that's already happening and join in. And then when you're there, always set up your second appointment. Because what we found for, for my wife and I and then with our people is if you don't plan that second appointment, it won't happen mm. because they get busy and you get busy. Um, I mean, you, like, like us, we have a toddler. He learned how to crawl. So, I mean, it's, it's a little new, hectic and, and other schooling and ministry and stuff. And then they're most likely in school or working on their PhD. And, and so their life's busy. So you have to get a contact and set up that second appointment and make it something that they want to do, that they yeah. want to experience. So a lot of people coming into Little Rock, they like, we've heard about Pinnacle Mountain and let's go hike it. You know, they want to hike. They want to do something outdoors. Um, so we've talked to a lot of our international people. We haven't done it yet, but we want to take them to hunt squirrel with uh, Todd West, <laughs> the direction of the you know, because because in most countries it's like illegal to shoot anything. So yeah. like you tell them we're going hunting. Like, what, what, what is that? You know, and they want to do it. So go do it, go do it, you know, and, and let that spark gospel conversations. But yeah, that's what I would say. Find what's already happening. So another example in Little Rock, we literally just Googled Indians of Little Rock. And we found that there is a club for Anybody that's either Indian or interested in India to join and they put on monthly events and it's just a one-time membership fee for a year and you have free admission to anything they put on from cricket tournaments to um, somewhat cultural, maybe it's a little bit Hindu festivals they'll put on. So there's a little bit of unique uh, barriers there you have to think through, but, um, and you get to go. I yeah. mean, you get to go. So like for Pranay and his core team I was talking to him today that's one of their core team requirements is we're all going to be members of Friends of India of Little Rock Club so Google Google wow. look up on Facebook and just find where they're already doing life and then just find the open opportunity to jump in yeah I, I appreciate you help I mean those are such helpful things yeah and I, I love particularly what you said about being a learner yes I remember when we think about missions sometimes even across the street missions yeah we tend to think that we're the ones that have something yeah that they need yeah like I remember there was a there was a guy who wanted to do a mission trip to barcelona spain mm -hmm. he wanted to bring a soccer team from the united states to put on a soccer camp in barcelona <laughs> oh wow well, barcelona has the best player in the world on their team yeah and Lionel messi spain won the world cup like wow eight years ago, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it's like, no, no, bring your soccer team 
and ask them to teach them soccer. Yeah, yes. that's good. Like, that's good. They, they should have come as a learner instead of yeah. something. Here, here's something I have to give you. Yes. So I think that posture is huge. I appreciate yes. you bringing yeah. that up, saying that. Dave, what stood out to you? Dude, I, I'm sitting somebody? here thinking <laughs> when, when you said – take them squirrel hunting i didn't hear anything else <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and i thought and here, here's why you know you think about arkansas and this strong hunting culture in arkansas and what an incredible way to connect with internationals to take them to yeah. do something they probably will never get an opportunity to do yeah. in their home country and what an experience they would get to have to share with their families yeah. an experience yes. you would get to have <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, that's, oh, a, that's the funniest thing in yeah. the world. I just, Can I tell you a story from yeah. that? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So one of our close friends, he's from, um, uh, he's from Kenya and, uh, he just got here and he was uh, staying in our home on our couch for a couple of days before his dorm opened up. And, uh, and Todd one day called me. He's like, Hey, there's a group of guys from Oasis in, uh, Bitten Bryant and Oasis Central in Maumel going to Mac prairie fields right or something like that Back prairie wings. Well, i'm not a hunter yeah prairie wings something like that yeah, yeah. and I, i'm not i mean I, i'm the farthest thing from a hunter but i was talking to my friend christopher from kenya i said hey there's a group of men we're going to this like hunting store he said hunting store can i come he's like yeah yeah come on so the night before okay he's like so what do i need to expect <laughs> so we watch youtube videos <laughs> of <laughs> Of uh, Duck Dynasty, <laughs> so that we could get ready for Stuttgart. Oh. So then we watch these things, okay? And everybody has these beards and all that stuff. Uh, and then we take them. We stop at this small little diner in the woods, and we eat there. All this weird food to him and stuff. And <laughs> and we walk into uh, that that hunting store there in Stuttgart. They had three lions that had been killed and stuffed in there. Ooh. And he was so blown away because he's in a small village in Kenya and most of the men in the village have or had to kill a lion. Oh, wow. So he immediately, immediately started FaceTiming his family back in Kenya because he knew they wouldn't believe him that there were stuffed lions in a store in Arkansas. Wow. So he literally was on the phone for like an hour calling all these people in Kenya, showing him pictures of this huge lion. And, and, and then I just became a learner. We sat down in that store and all we did is talk about the animals of Kenya and how are you safe from them and his adventures and seeing lions and interacting with different wildlife. And I just became a learner of him, his culture, his village. And, and it was just an amazing experience, but I will never forget that moment when he, the shock on his eyes when he saw a stuffed lion in Arkansas. Yeah, that is it awesome. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And then the fear that I had when I realized that he had like seen one and basically killed one with his bare hands. I mean, I'm just like, wow, I'm in the wow. presence of a really real dude here. So, yeah. That's so funny. But yeah, man, it's amazing what you can find to to learn with them. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. We make way too many assumptions, you know, about, yeah. you know, other, other people groups and, and, and they're just as curious about us as we are about them. Exactly. And uh, my, my first roommate in college was a guy from Senegal, West Africa, from Dakar, the capital city mm -hmm. there. And so first week we're, I just met him. He just met me. And so I'm asking him about Senegal and I said, you know, yeah. Hey, you see any lions and tigers? And he looks at me and he says, in the zoo 
<laughs> he said, yeah. I live in the city. And it's a city of I mean, millions, oh, yeah. millions of people. And, uh, and his dad was in the bloodline of Arabic kings. I mean, it's just yeah. his, his wealthy family in Senegal. He'd never seen a lion in the bush. And, and so, yeah. Yeah. so it was really funny. Wow. We, he, he laughed at me about that forever. Yeah, but that, he was just as curious about me as I was about him. And, yeah. uh, and so there is that openness if we'll just step in yes. and, and, and invite them into our lives and, and yeah. be a part of theirs. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so, so, okay. So you're, you know, as far as the engaging internationals goes, you've been doing that for several years now. You're, mm -hmm. you know, what year into the church planning journey, roughly yeah. something like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, what are some things um, that, that you've seen? I mean, you've already hit on a couple of them, but what are some of the biggest, most significant things you guys have learned uh, yeah. along the way? And, and maybe a couple of the challenges that you've had to overcome that would be helpful for somebody that's, you know, wanting to engage internationals as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is what we've hit on, and that's be a learner. Yeah. Uh, man just learn ask good strategic questions jamie jamie helped me see this jamie naramore he helped me realize don't ask just general questions that don't lead to discovery for you yeah. and for them so just thinking through okay how can i ask this question in a way that reveals the most about them their family their culture and their beliefs yeah. so one time we were with our friends from Nepal and I just started asking about what festivals do you celebrate and why? Because most of their festivals are connected to their religion. Right. And so instead of me saying, Hey, so um, what religion are you? You know, it was right. just, Hey, so what festival do you celebrate? And why? And then they just begin to share that. And then they said, so tell me about the festival of Easter. Said, mm. Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you about that. They wanted to then learn my festival that I celebrate yeah. that's connected to Christianity. And so it is, it's, it's being a learner and a way to do that is ask the right kind of questions. Yeah. The right kind of questions. So it's kind of like what a parent would do with a child when they come home from school. You don't want to say, so how was your day? You know, cause oh man, it was good. But you want to say, so tell me one thing you learned today and how it's going to lead you in a different direction with your life, you know, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And so it's, it's the same principle. Ask good questions, good questions. And you have to think about that. You do you have to prepare for that. Sure. Um, one of the other things I would say is um, enter their world. So um, what we like to do is we'd like to think of it this way. A, a missionary told us this is always try to have them in your home first and always try to open the opportunity for them to invite you into their home quickly. Yeah. So we always start off with hosting um, them in our home. And then as soon as they either get their dorm room open or get an apartment or we, we meet a family or something, we immediately are trying to, in a very open way, almost invite ourselves in mm -hmm. because America is one of the few cultures that really doesn't have this open door policy to homes. So yeah. for them, it's almost like, for, for, I'm not every culture, but for a lot of cultures, it's almost offensive if you don't say, Hey, can I come over to your apartment sometime? Yeah. You know, like they want you to, to welcome yourself there. Yeah. Um, and so that's something else we're, we're still trying to learn ourselves and work on is how do we get into their door 
because that's when they're going to be most comfortable and you're going to be in the most humble state, which always is the best motivation for the gospel conversation. So be a learner, uh, enter their world as quick as possible. Um, and then I, I think the other thing I, I would say that, that we've learned is um, pray for and look for um, the, the gatekeeper. Um, and, and that is um, just, just look for the person that is a leader within that culture that could open up many, many doors. So a gatekeeper, many, many doors to reaching many, many more people. Yeah. So let me tell you a story for that. So Pranay, the other day, God's blessed him with the opportunity to rent a, a small home at a really fantastic price in Sherwood. And I was real sad. I was like, oh man, I, I really want him to live like next door to me and Little yeah. Rock and all this. And I was like, Sherwood, that just sounds country or like there's not going to be any Indians there. Like, I was hey, that's just, where I live. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, hey, hey, that's where hey, I live. Hey, that's where I live. <laughs> don't, ain't country don't, Sherwood. Uh, don't be smirch, Sherwood. I resemble and so, that. <laughs> and so, Pranay, Pranay, you know, he's, he's in Sherwood and he's starting to do what what every uh, man great uh, missionary needs to do. And that's starting to find like the hangouts. So the, the watering well, like Jesus met the woman at the well. Well, man, for him, it's Waffle House of all uh -huh. places. Okay. So he's at Waffle House at midnight because Pranay does stuff like that. And uh, he's at Waffle House at midnight. Okay. He's single without children, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And Enough said. <laughs> this is no lie. 12, 12, Indians wow. walk into Waffle House at midnight in Sherwood. Yeah. 12. Yeah. And he told me that of that 12, he heard three different languages. Wow. And then the craziest thing is one of them came up to him, started talking to him because they're both Indian. Yeah. They're of the same people group, the same language. And he is the chain, like the leader of all the Gujarati people of central Arkansas. Wow. A gatekeeper. A gatekeeper. At Waffle House. At Waffle House at midnight. <laughs> so that See? means all our listeners today need to go eat more Waffle House at midnight. No. See, but, Sherwood is a diverse cultural mecca. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, and so uh, immediately the next day he calls me because he knows I'm not awake at midnight. He said, Jordan, I met my gatekeeper. I met my gatekeeper. And he, he did the principle. He already, he, at that meeting, he got his phone number and already talked about when can we have food together? When can yeah. I come to your house and, and you cook for me Indian food? And when can we have chai tea together? Like he, or chai, he immediately took the next step. So yeah, yeah it's finding that gatekeeper um, and, and that person that can open you up to a whole world of other people. So we ask God, we say, God, help us find the gatekeeper and help us find the person of peace. So that's the some that's the person like um, our Chinese friend that quickly we found out that she was interested in learning more about Jesus. So we've had some interactions with some Hindu friends that we very quickly realized um, they're not very interested. And and this is a weird principle to put out there. And and I think you know my heart in this, but we try to just be very um, strategic with our time mm -hmm. in the sense of okay, we're gonna put the most energy into the people that are the most interested in Jesus. Sure. And so you may start a relationship with somebody and, and, and just realize, you know, this person may not be the person of peace for me, mm -hmm. but 
maybe they'll lead you to who that person is. Sure. And I think that's something that only God can reveal to you. And, and we're learning that. And so we kind of say that be a learner, enter their world quickly, and then pray for a gatekeeper and a person of peace. So all relationally driven. And, um, and that's where we found the greatest strength and um, the things that we've learned the most, the most significance. Um, to answer your question for the greatest challenges so far, um, so one of them for us is core team. So for, for some of the listeners that are planting a church, um, I, I'm honored to have uh, Dave close to me where he's able to input into me so much through a training and and many others in the church planning network at Oasis, but I cannot emphasize how important a core team has been for us. Yep. And um, man, I was meeting with, with someone on it today and I just realized how hard it is. It is really difficult. And for a guy like me, and all I think about is reaching people that don't know Jesus and how we're going to talk to them and get into their world. <laughs> but I have to take people on a journey with that. And that takes time and it takes humility and and patience and it's so much more fun if you look back and you realize wow god used 17 people to reach one girl from china yeah wow and it wasn't just you right and for them to then celebrate it all it does is also strengthen your core team and realize i was a part of that yeah and now I want to go do it again and even more. Yeah. And so, but there's patience in that. And there's, there's um, investment in your team that already are following Jesus, but knowing that they're, they're on a journey with you and you have to be very strategic in casting vision for that journey. Yeah. Because what we think about nonstop, they only think about, probably on Sunday and Wednesday <laughs> yeah. at best. Yeah. And then what you say, they don't hear until you're tired of saying it. Right. So there's some things that I've cast a vision about and realized they still don't see it. And, and for all the core team that might listen to this, that's okay. Like that's, that's normal. If I was on a, someone's core team and I wasn't living it every day. Oh, yeah. The last thing I would think about is like step one, two, and three of our core team commitment. Like, you know, like, and so as a pastor, as a planter, you have to continually think in their shoes and in their life and in their daily work, how am I helping them live out God's mission and taking them on a journey that's not only to reach people, but that's a part of their discipleship path. And, um, and all it does is grow you the more. I mean, yeah. wow, I have grown so much, been humbled so much more uh, from my core team and, and learned a ton from them. Wow, I've learned a ton. Yeah. From them. So it is so much more fun with a team. Oh, absolutely. Oh man. So much more yeah. to celebrate. Yeah. Jordan, have you done an APEST assessment by chance? Uh, yes, kind of maybe. So, um, I, I, I like to say I have, because I don't know if I've done like a real one or not, but I kind of think I know what I am. And so are you, I, are you an evangelist? I, I'm evangelist. Oh, I'm yeah. 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 So, Hearing you talk, I'm like, he's an evangelist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I, I hate evangelists because I'm just jealous. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I want to be, I want to be as good as you are at it. Um, no, I'm kidding. What What I was going to say though is the importance of a team Yeah. is that when you're an evangelist, uh, you're needed on your team to move non-evangelists out yeah. 
but then they're also needed to say, Hey, don't forget about the community. Yes. And you know, so there's, and, and prophets are saying, Hey, let's make sure we're faithful in this. Yes. So that, that's, what's great about like hearing you talk in your, in your evangelist yeah. so strongly. I'm like, I need to be around more evangelists, more Jordans, you know, no, yeah, but yeah. that is, that is the great thing about a team. And I think yeah. you're right. Every planter, um, every great church plant I've seen had a great core team. Yeah. I'm not saying there aren't great church plants that didn't have a great core team, but if you look at all the ones that are high impact, one of those things is core team. Yeah. 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 And I'm so blessed and thankful that I've had a lot of voices remind me of that because to be honest, sometimes, especially early on, it was the last thing on my mind. All I thought about is how are we going to get people saved? Yeah. And, and, and so to, to, now looking back though oh my word it's so much more fun <laughs> i'm so glad people said hey slow down a little bit here you got to help your team get a part of this like yeah. you know so yeah you're right that core team and it takes a lot of energy and it's really important it's worth the energy for the longevity of the ministry yeah um, and that's been a big challenge for me because i am an evangelist and I'm a little apostolic in nature i just don't think about people's growth I don't. I hardly ever do. I'm like, uh, just get out there and tell someone about Jesus, and yeah. I guarantee you, you're gonna grow. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like, I just that's the way I think. But they're like, well, but how can I read my Bible? But I'm like, ah, just ask God to help you, and go tell someone about Jesus, and you're gonna want to read your Bible. Like, that's the way I think. And so, yeah. but that's that's okay. But yeah. I have to find people on my team and make sure they're on there first that don't think that way and elevate them to be a leader to yeah. lead my people to do that yeah. because I'm not yeah. going to be something I'm not, I can't, right. but what's better is find those people. And like the APES system is so great. And we see that in scripture is then it becomes a team effort. It's not yeah. a church planter. It's a church planting team. And, yeah. uh, and then God gets only all the more the glory. So yeah, core team all about that. That's, that's been a great thing, but a big challenge for me is that, um, but yeah, <clears throat> Hey, I'll send you an official assessment, but Chad's right. You're, you're an evangelist and I see the apostolic as well. So yeah, oh, uh, I'll, cool. I'll send you an official assessment. Yeah, we'll dude, see, if, a, see if Alan Hirsch agrees with that. Yeah. I'd love to, yeah. 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 And, and I'd say another, another challenge I wanted to speak to for me. Um, and it's probably part of my, my DNA and how God's made me. But um, um, again, another thing that you guys have done so well through the podcast remind me of is the importance of abiding. And um, that's my word for the year and my family's word for the year is abiding. We're going to spend a lot of time with Jesus. And let me tell you a story, what we've seen is, you know, with our Chinese friends, we'd really multiple people, many different groups of people, not just our church plant, had gospel conversations with her for about a year. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until the first week that I told God and told Sarah, my wife, this year is about abiding and we're going to spend a lot of time with Jesus. And that week, every morning, getting up extra early to spend more time in prayer for that Chinese friend, it's no coincidence that it was that week that she decided to follow Jesus. Oh, wow. wow. And I just, it just reminded me so much of what I've learned from many of the other churches like Summit that is so good on the principle of abiding with Jesus and just realizing, okay, he really does produce the fruit. Like, we did not save our Chinese friend. God did. And right. we were faithful in what he asked us to do. And then we spent a lot of time talking about her to God. And then, and he answered and he provided the, the fruit of that prayer. And so 
yeah, I would say that's the other thing that's a challenge for me because I'm a worker and a doer and, and I want to achieve and reach goals. And you can feel like abiding isn't achieving. But I try to tell myself, it's not, don't be a doer, don't be a fixer, be an abider today. Yeah, because abiding, abiding does all the doing and fixing. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, because it allows the great doer, the great fixer, God alone, do what only he can do. Uh-huh. But man, I just, man, I just praise God that all that happened in that week, because I learned a big lesson that week. That it really yeah. is him. So yeah. yeah, I would say that's the other challenge for me, but a big thing too. Cool, cool. Man, this has been this has been good. Yeah, we really we could good. probably talk, you know, for another hour. Uh, we've got one of your partners in crime that is <laughs> up next, and I want to get to. And so, hey, we want to do rapid fire with you before we wrap up. Uh, so everybody will get deep insight into your soul. And uh, so this is this is laying Jordan Bowen's soul before people. Yes, magnificent uh, <laughs> soul of Jordan Bowen. Oh boy, what makes him tick? So. Oh. Oh, so okay, top one or two books that have had the most impact on you? Yeah, uh, I'll give one from the past and one from the present. Uh, definitely, okay, two from the past: Apostolic Church Planting mm. and Strangers Next Door by J.D. Payne. Those I read those together, so I think of them in one book. Both of those, man, they released me to see that it was okay to be like you said, an evangelist and wired the way I am because uh-huh. I don't. I do not think about let's plant a church in Little Rock and stay here. I mean, today I'm pretty sure during lunch, Pernay and I planted like 17 churches in our mind. (laughs) And and, and so that's just the way we think. Like we're always just, we're just like, let's get these people going and then we're out, you know, let's go do it again. So that book released me in that mindset. And then Strangers Next Door opened my my eyes to people from other countries around me. Yeah. Then presently um, it would be, probably burden is light by john tyson he's a church planner in new york which is my favorite city so i was instantly gravitated to it and um man it helped me learn to abide a little bit better helped me realize like hey this isn't all on me or even on my church it's a kingdom effort and god called me to a light burden of love of grace of of kindness of of rest of peace and and I need to grab a hold of that because I'm putting pressures on me daily that God doesn't require. And, and it's, it's a really good book. I haven't finished it completely yet, but it's already changed the way I think not only as a pastor and a church planter, but just as a follower of Jesus, just realized, wow, this life is meant to be a little bit easier than I make it. (laughs) If I just rest in him who's accomplished all already. So, Yeah. yeah. How about your biggest strength and your biggest weakness in ministry? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my biggest strength is, whew, I would probably say, um, vision. I would probably say vision. I love casting vision, speaking about vision, um, and, and getting people on board for vision. I, I love to sit down and just think, okay, how can I take this concept and bring it to a daily applicable way? And a lot of that comes with teaching and preaching, you know, and I mean, you've got to do that and that involves vision. Um, but parallel to that, and I just love being with people. You just stick me in a room full of strangers and I'm happy. Like that's mm-hmm. what I love. Yeah. If I know too many people in the room. I'm sad. Like just put me in a room of people I don't know. And that's where I thrive. So <laughs> it's a strength for me, but it can be a weakness. Uh, it really can because my weakness is, man, 
just going too hard too long. Yeah. With Todd, he coaches me, and he told me one day, with, I mean, with, with tears in his eyes, he just loves me so much. And he said, Jordan, you're wearing us out. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he, said, he said, you, you're coming on too strong. Yeah. You've got to learn not to work harder, but to work softer. And I didn't understand what that meant at the time. And he told me, you probably don't, but you will. So every day when I'm spending time with Jesus, I say, Lord, help me work softer today. Help me work softer. And it's amazing what God can accomplish when I'm, when I'm working softer than harder. So that's my weakness. Man, I, yeah. I'll just run people over and say, you get on board or you're out. You know, like <laughs> we got work to do. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, gosh, what is our next question? <laughs> Favorite Let's hobby see. or pastime? Yeah. Yeah. Girl hunting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, my favorite, my favorite hobby and pastime is running and being in, uh, big cities and I just thrive by big buildings. That's where I'm comfortable. So, big city living. Big city living. In Little Rock. <laughs> what is yeah. it? A band or musician next, Dave? Or a movie? Uh, sure. Either one. How about band or musician? <laughs> okay. Wow. That's tough. Yeah, man. You know, the, the band that I love the most is Casting Crowns. You know, man, I just, I love them. I always have. I kind of grew up listening to that. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I just kind of change it up here and there. I'm not quite as, you know, adventurous as Dave. I don't have any. <laughs> no one is. Music no one is. No one is. Like that. But, you know, I go from easy listening to just some hip stuff. I try to think I'm really cool and hip. So I always try to listen to what's hip hop and stuff like that. But yeah. But yeah. So favorite new band of the year and CD for me is King Crow. And mm. I, I think the album is called Persistence. And, uh, oh, so good. So good. It takes persistence to listen to them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, favorite movie. Favorite movie. We bought a zoo. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's a great movie. Yeah, that's I'm such a, a feeler. I'm such oh, a yeah. feeler. Hey, hey, Jordan, how old are you? I'm 27. Okay, so a couple of things as we wrap up. Number one, you're 27. You've been doing ministry for a while, but you kind of started this planting thing at 26. Mm -hmm. That's probably not the median age of the church planters we work with. I just wanted to say kudos, number one. Thank you. And we need more mid-20s Jordan Bowens planting churches in Arkansas. Yes. Um, we've got to release guys sooner. We've got to empower guys when they're younger and coach them along the way. If they make mistakes, not that you would do that, but I'm just saying, yeah. man, thank you for stepping out and being that example. And just know, I think you're carrying that torch. Thank you. Uh, for being a young guy who's doing it and doing it so good. And I just, I admire that in you. Thank you. And, and I just want to see more guys do that. So Yep. I awesome. echo that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. So, so a uh, couple other things. Uh, if, if you guys are interested in learning more about what all the conversation has been about today, we mentioned Jamie Naramore, J Naramore at absc.org, J N A R A M O R E at absc.org. Email him. Jordan, how do they get a hold of you if they kind of want to follow up with discussions on what you yeah. talked about? Yeah, great. I'd love that. Uh, they can email me at jbowen, B-O-W-E-N, at insideoasis.com. Cool. jbowen at insideoasis.com. Um, also, 
you can any other way uh, is just through social media you can follow me on facebook instagram you can follow our church oasis church dtlr downtown little rock you can follow us on both those social media and um, i'm always looking at those too for any contact but um that that would be probably the best way yeah awesome awesome Man, thanks so much for coming on. This is, oh, this is a good kickoff to the year, dude. It's fun. It's fun. I, I pray God blesses it. And, um, man, just uh, thank you guys for all you do. And I just want to encourage everybody out there, man, just and open your opportunity for what God has in, in your world and the people around you. Thanks for joining us on the first episode of the third season of The Grind. What a great interview with Jordan Bowen expecting great things to come from that young guy and God's doing some amazing things through Oasis Church in the Heights in Little Rock reaching internationals and uh, so keep track of what's going on there and and the stories that are coming out there's some some good stuff happening and more more to come in the future wanted to uh, as we wrap up today want to give you guys a heads up on how you can sign up for our grind newsletter that will go out each uh, Tuesday when the new episode of The Grind drops. If you want to sign up and subscribe to that newsletter, you can go to absc.org backslash the grind newsletter. Subscribe there, sign up there at absc.org backslash the grind newsletter. And that way you can get the uh, kind of top three big ideas, the book recommendation from Bookshelf and the article that goes along with the podcast as well. And hope you guys enjoy that. Give us some feedback if you like that or not. And uh, we'll try and make it better each, each time we do it. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time on The Grind. Keep grinding. <laughs>